0: Welcome to the Champs App Podcast, where we help players and parents demystify the world of minor hockey development and recruiting for both girls and boys. On today's episode, I talk with Jenna Trubiano, who's the head coach with the University of Michigan women's ice hockey team. We talk about her playing career in Michigan, the American Collegiate Hockey Association, and why there isn't a D1 women's college hockey program in the state of Michigan. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jenna, and I hope you do too. Before we get to our guests, if you enjoyed this episode and want us to keep making more of them, please share it with teammates and friends. You can also subscribe, like, follow, and even better, it would be great if you would leave us a review. Now, let's drop the puck and get to the show. I'm very excited to have on the podcast Jenna Trubiano, who is the head coach with the University of Michigan women's ice hockey team. Hailing from New Baltimore, Michigan, Jenna played her youth hockey at Bell Tire and Little Caesars before attending Michigan and played for their club team for five years. After graduation, she transitioned into an assistant coach role with the team for three seasons, and this past season, she took over as the head coach. Welcome to the podcast, Jenna.
1: Thanks, Ray, for having me.
0: Hey, um, so just so folks know how we kind of ended up uh, being on this podcast, a few days ago, you tweeted something out about how Michigan, the football team, was looking at getting a new scoreboard. And you said, hey, it would be nice if we got a little slice of that multi-million dollar, many million dollar investment to help out the club team or maybe even get a D1 team for uh, for Michigan. And um, for folks who don't know already on the podcast, I went to Michigan for grad school and I'm pretty adamant uh, about Believing that Michigan, uh, both the state and Michigan, the university should be having a D1 women's hockey program. Several years ago, Wayne State University canceled their program, and since then, there's been no D1 program in the state of Michigan. So, welcome to the podcast, Jenna. Why don't we start off like we do all our guests? You telling me a little bit about your hockey history in Michigan.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ray. Um, so, like Ray said, you know, I'm from New Baltimore, Michigan, which is about 20 minutes from the Canadian border, um, right on Lake St. Clair. Um, Didn't come from a hockey family, was just watching the Red Wings when they were really good and told my dad, you know, I want to do that. And he signed me up for Learn to Skate when I was about 10 or 11. So starting a little bit later than most girls. um, Ended up playing for Bell Tire 14U AAA, tried out for Little Caesars 16U, won two state championships with Little Caesars 16U, captained the team my second year, um, played a year of 19U with Little Caesars. And upon graduation, I had applied to the University of Michigan, got in and decided to continue my academic career at Michigan.
0: So before you get to Michigan, let's let's talk a little bit more about your youth hockey career. So first of all, I think uh, right before we started recording, you mentioned you actually did go to the USA Hockey National Camp uh, when you were about 16 years old. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: And then what was that experience like? You know, playing at seeing seeing players from all across the country.
1: Yeah, it was. It was different for me. Um, I think that's when reality kind of hit that I was playing the top, you know, at the top level of hockey for girls, Um, especially playing for little Caesars in the state of Michigan. Anywhere you go with orange pants, people realize what team you're on. Um, So it's kind of an honor to wear those orange pants. And then going to national camp, you know, we send multiple girls every year from the Caesars program. So I already knew a bunch of girls, but I got to make some friends there and, um, you know, learn what hockey is all about um, at the female level and how they're looking to develop players. Um, I really liked, you know, the off ice aspect and the testing we had to do. And that's something I wasn't really exposed to, um, you know, at those younger levels. So I learned a lot from that. Um but, yeah, it was in St. Cloud, Minnesota at the time. I'm not sure. I think it's still there. Still there. Um, last yeah. <laughs> it was there last
0: year. It's going to be there again this yep. year. Yeah. So
1: it was a great experience. Um, but, yeah, I was really thrilled when I got the invite because I wasn't really expecting anything. But I think having played for Little Caesars the year before, I think I was able to get my name out there. And, um, you know, I'm five foot nine, so I'm pretty good size. So I think that helped, too. Absolutely.
0: So, um, you know, what was the key to your development so quickly? Uh, you know, if you only started playing when you were 10 or 11, you know, to, to make the 15 or 16s camp, that's, that's a pretty good progression in such a short period of time.
1: Yeah. I think for me, I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, my dad had me playing football and I was in pump pass and kick competitions and, um, I have an older brother, so that helped a little bit too, but both of my parents were athletes in high school and, um, you know, my dad's six foot four, and he he has six sisters that were mostly athletes, too. So he, you know, if I wanted to try something, he wanted to give me an opportunity. Um, you know, I give my family props. They didn't know much about hockey. It was before the internet really existed. So, you know, they were contacting their friends just trying to get access to girls' programs. And the first team I ever made was the 12U Mount Clemens Wolves, which are now um, the Metro Jets girls program, um, which uh, Tina Sorello and Cassie Jekyll um, are now the girls directors. And Tina actually played at St. Cloud State and Cassie just won a state championship with University Liggett Schools, which is a high school program in Michigan. So I'm very excited to see where that program goes because Mount Clemens Ice Arena is about 10 minutes from where I grew up, so nice, am nice. sure
0: Great, so before we get to Michigan, one last question about your youth hockey days. What was your favorite youth hockey memory?
1: My favorite youth hockey memory was beating Honeybaked in the state <laughs> championship game in triple overtime. I think the score was three to two. Um, it was an exciting game. You know, they had Megan Keller was on that team. It was, they were a very, very good program. And we were as well. It was always a battle when we played them, but. You know, we right. ended up being on I mean, the state championship. So.
0: Great. Okay, so now let's let's move over to Michigan. Why, why did you pick? Uh, so actually, let's let's talk about your recruiting process. You said you um you you had some opportunities at the D1 level, and maybe you also explored D3, and then you ended up in Michigan. Let, let's just talk about that recruiting process before you actually chose Michigan.
1: Yeah, I think um, my recruiting process was a little different. So I did have some. D1 walk on offers. I had multiple D3 offers and I didn't know much about ACHA hockey at the time. Um, now things in the ACHA are significantly different and we can touch on that later. But um, I grew up a Michigan State fan, actually. Um, my whole family was a Michigan State fan and um, my mom's like, hey, you should apply to Michigan. I was like, no way. Like, Ann Arbor's the worst. Like, I can't stand it. I'll never go to Michigan. I applied and I got in and came down for a tour. Kind of fell in love with the university. I love that you can walk everywhere. Um, I got to check out Yoast, realized that they had an ACHA program. Um,
0: and you're referring to Yoast Arena, which is for those who are watching on YouTube in the yep. background <laughs> and one of the nicest uh, old barns in college hockey. Sorry, just so people know yep. what Yoast is. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, Also realized that they had um, a top kinesiology program, which I I wanted to go into. And throughout my recruitment process and realizing that I could use hockey as a venue to go to school. um, I've always prioritized academics and especially for women. I know professional women's ice hockey is now evolving and there are more opportunities, but um, my family was very academic oriented whereas like okay you have to get all your homework done before you go to practice like you have to set yourself up for success later in life Um, so for me when I was looking at programs academics was the number one thing so those schools that I was getting offers from at the D1 and D3 level weren't necessarily meeting my academic needs Um, and when I realized Michigan had an ACHA program and knowing that our girls have an influence on you know, a lot of the policies that we do have as a program, I realized that I could come in as a freshman and have an impact on the program immediately um, while attending, you know, one of the best schools in the nation. And for me, you know, being an hour from my hometown, if, you know, if something were to come up with family, it's not too far, but it's far enough where I felt like I was, you know, on my own and being independent and learning how to be autonomous. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so
0: um, so that's why you picked Michigan, and what were your, your years like at Michigan, um, both on the academic side and obviously on the hockey side?
1: Yeah, academically, Michigan's a very um, challenging school, so I learned a lot about myself very quickly. Um, high school was pretty easy for me, um, you know. I got really good grades putting, you know, a couple hours in here and there, but as you'll see with our girls now, like, we have girls that are going off to med school, they're going to grad school, you know, they're working for Amazon. We have girls that are graduating, you know, after getting a four-year degree from Michigan and having these impacts at these companies that are hiring them or going to med school. So um, I learned a lot about myself. Um, I think the School of Kinesiology at Michigan was huge in my success because it is a smaller school um, I got to know some advisors, I got to know professors really well, um, and they were also really supportive of my role on the women's ice hockey team. Gotcha, gotcha, okay,
0: so, and, and how did the team do, by the way, during during your years that you were there?
1: We were, I mean, now things have changed, just on how the ACHA changes, but, um, you know, we went to nationals, I think, three of the four years, so my senior year actually broke my leg, so I had to do an extra semester, um, but... You know, we were ranked nationally in the top 10, um, I think, every year that I was there playing, um, except maybe my senior year. But besides that, we were competing with top programs like Adrian, Miami of Ohio was very good. They won multiple national championships. So we were always neck and neck with them, which was exciting. And obviously, Michigan State has an ACHA program, too. So being able to compete against Michigan State, you know, that Big Ten rivalry and going into Mon and wearing all your Michigan gear or, um, some years Ohio state had an ACHA program. And I remember going down there with my Michigan gear and going to the Panera across the street from the rink and people are like, you know, audibly like talking about me because I'm just covered in Michigan hockey (laughs) gear and I'm just sitting there trying to enjoy a meal, you know, so, um, it was fun, you know, to enjoy that big 10 rivalry and, um, Michigan State at Yost
0: was also a great experience too. That's awesome. I bet you had lots of fans even though, you know, it was quote-unquote a club team. I'm sure you still had lots of people coming to watch you play when when it's a rivalry game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times we'll reach out to youth teams in the area. So the Ann Arbor Area Hockey Association, they have a pretty strong girls program as well as a lot of, um, there's a lot of high school teams in the Ann Arbor area now, um, girls teams. So We have connections like Sue McDowell founded the Washington United program. So we have connections with those programs where we have a group of girls on our team that are designated as community outreach, which is something they volunteered for. So, you know, they'll make a flyer or they'll contact these coaches and we'll get girls, you know, hundreds of girls wearing jerseys that are coming to the game. And we'll do like a meet and greet afterwards. Um, This past year, we weren't really able to do it because of COVID and the restrictions that University of Michigan and Yost had in place. So I'm hoping that we can do something big like that next year.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now let's, let's transition to you. You joined the real world after graduation. I mean, you got, you got a a real job and at the same time you decided to become a coach. So why did you become a coach Uh, and then be an assistant with, with the girls team you just left?
1: Yeah. So upon graduation, um, I was employed full time at a company in Ann Arbor and I realized I had a lot of time on my hands, um, having been an athlete and a student and involved in other orgs on campus. So I felt kind of lost. Um, Actually, while I was in undergrad at Michigan, I had been leveling up in USA hockey, you know, every year. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the coaching education program, but, Unfortunately,
0: unfortunately, I'm a level three, so I, I but but I'm kind of embarrassed to say that because I'm I'm really barely a level one, but go ahead. sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I, fortunately I was able to level up and being in Michigan, there are so many, you know, local coaching education opportunities like Chelsea, Michigan's 20 minutes from Ann Arbor. And they usually always have a seminar there. So it's very close. You know, I can travel for a weekend. I don't have to get a hotel. Um, So I was able to level up. So as I, you know, entered the real world, I knew I wanted to coach, but I wasn't sure which level. Um, So the head coach of Michigan, Gary Quiddiquin at the time, had called me and, you know, he was like, I think you'd be a good fit. Like, I think you can do it. And I didn't know what my work schedule was going to be like, um, but it actually worked out really well. So without him, I wouldn't be where I am now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. And and obviously you've been there several years now with uh, both an assistant and then taking over this past season as the head coach. So let's pull up a sec since, um, you know, before kind of this conversation, I had to do a little bit of research, but I I, I was only just a smidgen knowledgeable about the ACHA, but really nowhere near enough. Maybe you could just talk about the ACHA and what the D1 means for ACHA and what, When I go to their website, it says W-1 and W-2 and what, maybe you can just help explain folks what what the ACHA is all about.
1: Yeah. So I'm happy to talk about the ACHA. So ACHA stands for American Collegiate Hockey Association. Um, So to my knowledge, it's a volunteer organization um, where colleges that don't sponsor NCAA programs at whatever level Um, can participate in a national hockey organization. So like I was saying, we play Michigan State, we play Miami of Ohio, we'll play Liberty University. Arizona State has a program now. um, They just started a couple years ago, but they're nationally ranked now. Um, So these programs, you know, when I was playing back from 2013 to 2017, a lot of these programs were just schools where like, hey, we've got enough girls to put a program together. Like, Let's get a coach, you know, let's pay some referees, like let's schedule games and, you know, play a competitive schedule nationally. Um, They do have a national tournament, Liberty University won this year. Nationals were alongside the men down in St. Louis. Um, So it is national level hockey. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that. Um, when I was going through the recruitment process, the term club was thrown around, and I think a lot of people don't understand that it's not just a club of girls, you know, skating around in circles and like playing with their friends or competitive ice hockey players or women that want to compete at the highest level at our university, given the resources that we have. And what we're seeing now in the ACHA is smaller schools are fully funding programs and they're able to recruit. They have academic resources, whereas schools like Michigan and Michigan State and Arizona State and UMass don't have the same support in that sense where um, we can't necessarily go out and recruit and push people through the university. So what we're seeing is our programs aren't able to compete at that level as these fully funded programs, because these fully funded programs are functioning as varsity programs.
0: Gotcha. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. So, like I said, I'm dangerously knowledgeable, but a little bit about the ACHA, specifically yep. the Liberty Program. you want to talk about yep. how, like, the Liberty Program um, works specifically? If I believe, you know, they do full recruiting, and uh, there's a reason why they're one of the top programs every single year. Maybe talk about why that is.
1: Yes. So, obviously, I'm not involved in their program, but I know Chris a little bit just from my time in the ACHA. So, Liberty functions, like you said, as a fully funded program. Um, they have their own ice arena on campus. To my knowledge, their girls do not pay to play, whereas some other programs like ours, they do. Um, I know they've got some girls from Michigan on their team as well. Um, I know that, to my knowledge, their coach is paid by the university, meaning fully funded. They have access to those resources. um, And they have advantages that programs like ours um, may not have. So difference in the sense that, you know, these girls are recruited and get that full varsity experience while competing
0: at the ACHA level. And then let's just talk about, so. and now there's also like their own uh, association. So you're part of the Central Collegiate Women's Hockey Association. And, and so it's, is that a separate division, a separate conference? How does that work?
1: Yep, it's a separate league. Um, so I think right now there are four leagues in the ACHA. Um, we've got our national meetings coming up. So it's always a conversation that we have. Um, but within our pod, so we were in the East pod of the CCWHA, Um, Michigan State is in our pod, Um, Michigan-Dearborn's in our pod, Penn State was in our pod, Adrian College was in our pod. Um, So we play those teams at least twice, um, and then we'll cross over into the other pod. Miami of Ohio is in that other pod, and they're always a strong competitive program. Obviously, they have a very good men's team and men's program, um, which I think that they build off of their very, you know, hockey school. It seems I have some friends that have played there um, and obviously they were winning national championships when we were competing uh, against them. So um, there's the CCWHA, um, there's a Midwest League um, and then there's the Western League and the Midwest League um, has some teams that are mostly fully funded or fully funded. Um, And I would say that's the most competitive league within
0: the ACHA. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I got one last ACHA-specific question, which is, did I read this properly? Is that um, if you go play ACHA, you get five seasons of eligibility, not just four?
1: Yes, so you get five years of eligibility. So what we've had in the past, if girls have played at the NCAA level, D1 or D3, and they transferred to an ACHA program, um, so let's say we have a girl that played um, two years or you know, four semesters for an NCAA program. Um, she would then have three years of eligibility to play ACHA. Gotcha.
0: And did you have five years of eligibility or just for like could you play four, uh, five full years, or was it just four years that you were allowed to play?
1: So I could play five full years. So I think I still have a year of eligibility left because I had like a major hip surgery and then obviously breaking my leg. I didn't yeah. skate for the entire semester, so um, I graduated in four and a half years. But um, if I had to use five years of eligibility to, you know, make up for that time I lost in the classroom after a major injury, um, you know, I would have been able to play. But
0: so yes. during d- during the COVID year, if you had too many players out for COVID, you could have gotten dressed and played. Is that is that
1: what? you're about? <laughs> If I was a student of the university.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you just have to sign up for a couple of courses or whatever. The yeah. Course, right. So okay. All right. So now let's get let's get to Michigan. So let, let's start at, at a really basic question. Why are there no D1 teams uh, for women's hockey in the state of Michigan?
1: That is the million dollar question. Every time I go up to recruit and I've got Michigan gear on, I've got parents running up to me like, "Is Michigan getting a D1 team?" Like they're so excited that you know their girl could have an opportunity to play NCAA hockey at the University of Michigan? And my response is, if they were to do it, they probably wouldn't tell me, honestly. Um, But, you know, with us being a competitive ACHA program, I do try to go out and recruit because I think it's important that our team builds awareness. Like, hey, Michigan has, you know, an ACHA program. Um, Our social... Media chair, Sophie Williams, she's a student on the team. Um, She actually transferred from Iowa. She's been doing a fantastic job on all of our socials, trying to push our program. Um, We actually have now over 2000 followers on Instagram, which I started the Instagram account when I was a freshman in 2013. So, you know, that's a big deal. Um, So people, you know, people know we exist, Um, but when I go to, you know, recruiting events, um, you know, Michigan is a hotbed for girls ice hockey. We have very competitive AAA programs that even bring kids out, like from out of state, to play on these programs because they're known at the national level. Um, so.
0: So it's not it because there aren't enough good players in Michigan to, to field a, a solid B1 team, right? So so we, we get that. I mean that, that yeah. that's pretty clear given and and obviously you got three unbelievable programs with Bell Tire, Honey Baked, and, and Little Caesars, um, and also Big B's also producing players as well. Um, yeah. so so you know, it's not like there aren't enough players coming out of Michigan. So why aren't any of those programs, especially the ones that already have a D1 program, you know, I don't need to go run off the list, but you know, there's there's multiple D1 programs in, in, in the state of Michigan. So how come none of them have a D1 women's program?
1: I think about it a lot because there are, I think, seven men's division one programs um, in the state of Michigan and there are zero women's programs. And the amount of NCAA Division 1 or Division 3 girls that are being produced in Michigan, you know, born and raised, come up through those programs, whether it's Tier 1 or Tier 2 and, you know, eventually get to the top. We ship them out of state. They either have to go to Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio State, East Coast, just to play NCAA Division 1 hockey and that's what the tier one coaches are telling these girls to do, which I don't blame them because like, you know, they want to challenge themselves athletically. Um, but for the state of Michigan to not have a program to like, I don't know, it just blows my mind. when I was a freshman in 2013 at Michigan, I was like, you know, like someone will do it, you know, in 10 years, it's coming up on 10 years and someone hasn't done it. And like, you know, part of the reason why I went to Michigan and like now taking steps that I am is to try and build awareness like, hey, this is, you know, this is an issue. We're developing these girls at the national level and, you know, sending them to national camp, but we don't have a representation in the state of Michigan. Like, what is their end goal? Like, they're not seeing Division one hockey players when they're 10 or 11, you know, unless they're going out of state to watch. So I, I don't know.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and and clearly, you know, Minnesota, the state of hockey. You see the number of Minnesota players playing on the Minnesota teams, whether it's yep. uh, University of Minnesota or Minnesota Duluth or or St. Cloud State. It's just a really high number of local players who play there, and there is that opportunity in Michigan. So okay. where, where, I know there was an article written a few years ago in the New York Times about how University of Michigan does not have a, a, a D1 women's team. Um, and there have been a couple other articles that have also been written related to the topic about, like you said, how there are – clearly more than enough uh, Michigan players who, who could be playing uh, women's hockey in in Michigan. Um, wh- where is the where is the University of Michigan at with uh, them considering a women's program?
1: I know back in 97 or 98, um, we were up at the Regents meeting. Our program was up at the Regents meeting to go Division I, um, and women's water polo had gotten accepted instead. From what I've heard from people that have heard of conversations, Um, one of the issues is sharing Yoast with the men's program, which honestly, I don't really understand it because there are a lot of programs that share one facility. Um, The other is space at Yoast, which I can understand, but there are ways to utilize space better, Like any facility. Um, So those excuses, I don't really understand.
0: So the one thing I do want to make clear for for this podcast is uh, all these schools are, there's no issue with the Title IX perspective. There are equal men athletes and women athletes at at all the schools in Michigan and things like that. So this is not a Title IX issue whatsoever. It's really just, hey, Michigan, one of the best men's program currently, either number one or number two, depending on how you're looking at it um, in the country, you know, on the men's side. And yet, doesn't have a women's program and then obviously all the uh, like you said seven programs so, so that's really the issue it's not a title nine issue although right. title nine would come into play if they were to add a women's program that's a whole separate thing in terms of making sure that everything's all equal out so i just want to get that you know make that really clear with folks this is not related necessarily to title nine it's really of you know you know hockey town being you know 10 miles away and not really having a women's program for at, at michigan um so what what is it that uh, you and kind of the folks that you've been working with over the last 10 years, what, what what have you guys been trying to do to 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 get the D1 program yourselves?
1: Like I said, building awareness. It is embarrassing that the state of Michigan doesn't have a Division one program. Like when you look at all the girls that have come from the state of Michigan, you know, Megan Keller and Abby Rock from Michigan, and they played out of state. It's, I, I don't know. It's, I'm just trying to build awareness and you know if anybody wants to help i'm all ears and i'm very grateful that you know we're having this conversation today
0: perfect perfect cool so awesome so that was what i was kind of what, is, what else i was going to ask you anything else that you want to share in terms of how people can help out um and how people can learn more about the program What what, what is it uh, that folks can do to to kind of raise their hand and say hey what can i do to help
1: Yeah, i think that's a great question thank you for bringing that up um i think The more support we can get, the better. Um, I think, from what I'm understanding and some of the responses that I've gotten on social media, there's a misunderstanding about women's hockey and girls' hockey in the state of Michigan. You know, I think that it is a very niche sport and it's very unique, but until you've been in it or you have a daughter that's been in it and you understand the struggles that, the state of Michigan has in terms of developing players and then sending them out of state. It's just trying to start that conversation, reignite it, you know, I'd love to potentially this summer, like have some sort of discussion with, um, you know, some of my friends that went and played division one elsewhere because there were not opportunities in Michigan and maybe they would have loved to play, you know, at U of M or Michigan State or Western, you know, or any of those other programs, like Michigan State would be an awesome, or Michigan Tech would be an awesome hockey school. Um, I know Lake Superior State has been building up their club program um, at the ACHA D2 level, and they're doing a great job recruiting, and, like, that's obviously an awesome hockey school, too. So um, just trying to build awareness, um, trying to get in touch with the right people. Um, We do have a website, which is michiganwomenshockey.com, um, which there's a link to donate. Um, we also have an Instagram, a Twitter, and I think we have a TikTok now. I'm not on TikTok, but I think All the right. girls started it.
0: <laughs> All right. So, so so what are your Instagram and, and Twitter handles so folks can, uh, can can follow you?
1: Yes, our Instagram handle is you hockey, and our Twitter handle is at um women's hockey.
0: So. Jenna, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Champs app podcast. It was like Great to hear all about, you know, your background and then obviously learn about what's going on with the Michigan Women's Hockey Program. And uh, obviously folks can reach out to you and start following you. And uh, I know I'm going to have a follow up conversation with you after this to see how I can help. So uh, once again, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: I really want to thank Jenna for coming on the podcast. If you want to learn more about the ACHA, the Michigan Women's Hockey Team, or how you can help them out, please check out the show notes. And remember, if you got something out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you'd like, follow, subscribe, and even better, if you could leave us a review so we can keep sharing this important hockey information with folks just like you.